Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and undoing the programming within us. Let's find your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. Today's episode features one of my best friends, Dave Regula. Dave and I worked together in Chicago for probably 15 years and have known each other for over 20. Dave's wife, Lauren, was actually my, third, I guess, second guest on the podcast, episode number three. And what's really cool is that we talk about a lot of the same things on Dave's episode, except we talk about it from his perspective. And I think it gives us all a lot of perspective on how we view things very differently. The same event, both men and women in relationships see them through their own lens. And I think it really lends to the idea of what it's like to be a man today and how we view things and how it's hard sometimes to show up in a way that we want to. There's a lot of fear. There's this idea that we have to show up as the rock and the provider. But in doing that, we don't allow the other person in. And so I think Dave does an amazing job of articulating what that process is like, the good, the bad, the ugly, and really at the end, the beautiful in what he and Lauren have learned. And so I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. We get into how we show up for one another in our tribe and what it means to be a part of a tribe and how to start to form your own tribe. And it really starts with one person. And so I think you're going to love this episode I listened to it a couple of days ago just because it had been a few months since we had recorded. And it, you know what? I got emotional during the episode. I actually got more emotional when I was listening to it. So I think it's going to hit some people in some places that uh, might surprise you. And if it does, pay attention. Go back and listen to those parts. To me, that's the truth. That's the truth of what you're listening to. And so don't be afraid to pause and really consider what that message is to you. So anyway, uh, and also I really want to thank everyone who reached out uh, regarding Lance's episode. I had a lot of amazing feedback and not everybody, you know, was a fan of Lance. Some people, their opinion shifted. Some people said, you know what? Still not a fan of the guy. Absolutely. You're entitled to your opinion. That's your truth. And I honor that and I welcome that. And I, and I thank you for sharing that uh, publicly, actually. Uh, sometimes that's not that easy. And so thank you for that. Housekeeping, go to thegreatunlearn.com. Sign up for my weekly newsletter coming out, hopefully by the time this episode drops. Got information on retreats, one coming in April. I should have the video up that Matt and I shot that details a lot of the uh, structure of the retreat and what our intentions are with it. We're going to be having some merchandise and swag come out on The Great Unlearn. Also, I want to thank all the people who reached out with feedback. That's going to be a new segment. Send me your feedback. Whoever sends me, I don't want to say it's the best feedback, but whoever sends me feedback uh, that I use, I'm going to send you some gift from me. It could be a book from one of my guests. It could be 
a new t-shirt that I come out with. It's going to be something. It's a little thank you, a little token of my appreciation for you taking time out of your day to help improve this show. That's all. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. So from there, I didn't really, to be honest, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, like at Dartmouth, these East Coast, the Ivy League thing, everybody I knew went to New York mm. um, to do the financial industry thing. Investment banking was huge at the time, um, back in 98. And I did my own thing. <laughs> I wanted to swim against the current. So I went to Chicago. Super lucky to find uh, an amazing company at, at WH Trading and um, dove in headfirst into trading, um, to be honest. And I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know what it was when I got there. And I got lucky and landed in in a good group of people. It's such a common, I mean, amongst our group, at least, right? It's, it's the way we all ended up there. No one knew what the fuck trading was. Everybody no they knew was going to New York. I was trying to go to New York. I didn't know why. I thought it was because I was going to make money there and work a shit ton of hours. And that's what you're supposed to do. I went over 10 on interviews. Shout out. It's worse than me. I went over four. So. See, like, at least I got the FS. <laughs> but um, same thing, you know, I, I end up in Chicago and not knowing what trading is about, but knowing that you're just part of a team. Like that was like the thing that people kept saying, well, you're part of this team and you trade together. And it's like, okay, well, you know, growing up playing sports and like literally, yourself. Yes. And it was a, a, literally an extension of, it was basically a way to carry on your athletic career <laughs> around the same type of people, same environment, uh, the trading pit, hyper competitive, all guys. It's a locker room. Very much a locker room. Um, yeah. The office before and after the close, a locker room. Yes, exact, exact environment. Made it, it made it easy and, and super enjoyable. Um, it felt it felt right at the time for sure. Yeah, and we were fortunate, right? We had um, you know Will Hobart who started the company, set the example of like, hey, we can fuck around and have fun. And granted, he wasn't playing grab ass as much as we were. But he was cool with it. But like when it was time to work, it was time to work. And when we went down on the floor, like we focused on that, you know, and that was it was a nice balance. And you can see the teams, you know, that you you watch, right? The teams you watch and the, you know, whether it's pro sports or college, like the coaches that have a sense of letting the kids be kids, but there's a line to draw like when it's time to go to work. And I think Will did an amazing job of walking that line for us. Yeah. For sure. I think the the leadership looking back, we were lucky. Like we mm. talk about all the time now, some of the other guys, uh, if we would have gone to work randomly, gotten that interview with a different company, um, looking at some of the guys that I started with and stood next to clerking and things like that, that didn't pan out, got into real trouble that people talk about the trading trouble, yeah. the drugs. I mean, TJ and I talked about last week, there's pictures from the pit where there are four four people in the pictures with us that are dead, you know, go down the list from alcohol, drugs, suicide by police, <laughs> like, right. oh yeah, dark, like we super, I mean, and you call it luck, call it, you know, vibing with the right people, whatever you want to do. Right. We ended up in the best situation, I, I think, in that scenario. Yeah, we did. It was, it was we were fortunate. We we're, you know, we, it's, it's always fun to reminisce about that. But, but there came a point for you um 
that it just wasn't your thing anymore. And so you were there 16 years. And so tell me this, like it goes from one day, this is the best job ever. I love it. <laughs> and it doesn't, it didn't happen overnight, but like, so no. what was it like for you? When, when was the writing on the wall for you where you had to make a change and what did that look like? I think uh, you're right. It, it didn't happen overnight. Um, and at one time it was the perfect place for me, um, which made it harder to leave eventually. But I think over time, um, I think kids had a big, a big part to play for me. Um, I don't know that I ever looked at it as the longest term, uh, the longest term career. I always knew that I kind of wanted to get into something else, but I think once, um, it got to a point where I just felt stuck as a human being, like the financial piece was there. We, that's made it hard to leave, right? We could have coasted out. You could have done the same mm -hmm. and been, I could still be there, right? Yeah. It made, it made for a good lifestyle, but it didn't make for fulfillment or happiness. And it, as that point hit and it got a little bit slower around the floor, everyone started got a lot slower around yeah, the floor. Okay. <laughs> Let's be honest here. It was fucking dead. And what, what was sure. happening? We were on our iPhones all day. And it was yeah. like, is this how I'm supposed to spend my life? Every, yes. And the whole thing became, well, it, it's going to get busy again. It's going to get busy again. And in the meantime, I started to actually put my energy into learning about other things. And that was kind of the first step of, wow, I'm not really as advanced in some of the things I'd like to be in my personal life. Which were? Uh, per personal fulfillment, education, my relationships, everything, really, right? But, but also fitness, <sighs> nutrition, like... Oh, for you sure. couldn't consume enough of that information. I remember because we were going down the same path, right? And at some point you're like, I'm, you know, dreading kind of going into work because all I want to do is learn more about working out or whatever. And it sounds silly, but it's like what ca captured, you know, I think our attention. That was the, that was the first step for sure. And then yeah. you realize kind of the growth that can come out of that fitness piece. Um, but it got, it got bad on the floor for a while right like i started to think every day like is this it is this it like is it does it get no better than this and i think a lot of people feel that wherever they are at work um but for me and we were with our best friends the then that's when the complaining sets in that's when the realization you know this isn't where i need to be but i can make a living out of it like and that wasn't me that just wasn't ever gonna i didn't want to be the guy that says, oh, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, complain, complain, and then not do shit about it. Yep. And so that's when everything kind of set in motion, like the, because we always wanted to do the fitness thing, right? Lauren and I had that piece um, at Windy City. It was the first CrossFit in Windy Chicago, City right? CrossFit, yeah. And so Shout we kind of grew up with it. Um, we were super lucky again to find uh, Justin there, but that, that was it. Like if we had a chance to do something like that, it became... If I don't, it, it was what people always talk about the pain of staying outgrew the pain or the un the the problem of leaving, right? Yeah. The 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 fear, and so all of a sudden it was like if I don't leave, if I don't start something within fitness and start get into coaching and life coaching or whatever it's going to be, I don't, like that consumed me. Like I told Lauren. Like I literally, and this is the dark, the darkness of the floor. Mm -hmm. You know, you're walking out of, you walk out of work. 
that rat race of people everywhere and cabs and buses. I literally, I said out loud in my big boy out loud voice, if I get hit by a bus on the way home and I didn't get, and this is it, right? I didn't get to do what I truly wanted to do. I didn't get to do the, the gym and the coaching. Like my next thought is, God, I hope a cab comes and finishes me off. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to have to live yeah. those moments of just thinking like, and I used to have the moment like, my kids are only going to know me as a trader. And that bummed me out. No offense to anybody that's doing <laughs> some of my best friends still there. Yeah. But for me personally, that just wasn't, that wasn't it. I couldn't live with that. Well, it's because, you know, had it been five years earlier in, in that's all your kids would have known you have, you would have had a different experience. Right. But at that point, how you felt, how you were living those days, it was like, it's fucking miserable. You know, yeah. but in a, and also, you know, um, those, what I'm interested in is what did it feel like for you to walk through the door? Like, how did you, did you have to get yourself psyched up to talk to your wife, Lauren, about this change? Because you're making good money, <laughs> you uh, know? That's a, that's a good question. Um, or did she just see what you were kind of becoming the shell? I mean, a bit, I think she probably picked up on it. Um, that was definitely my second biggest at the, up to that point sales job, right? I sold her to marry me and then I had to resell <laughs> the yeah. career change. Like think of it from her point of view, right? Yeah. Hey, I married this guy. Salesman. We've got this great setup in Chicago. Everything seems happy. And then I'm like, nope, we're going to Ohio. We're going to rebuild everything from scratch. Like, um, long discussions for sure. Super stressful. But think at that point, like, thank God that she's who she is and she was along for the ride. Like, well, I, and how about this? Um, how much does that conversation change if you are moving to a place like San Diego, right? Because like Chicago to Ohio, Chicago to San Diego, those are two different options, right? Do you think yeah. it's a much different conversation or is it still like, fuck, you're uprooting me and the family and we don't know uh, the what the only, future looks like no, financially? It's yeah, it's definitely fuck off. <laughs> at, at, anywhere, anywhere outside of moving closer to, to Trail BC, I think would have been. Which is where Lauren yeah, grew the, up and that's where her family's so at. So outside of that, um, and she and we are both big family people. So outside of that, um, it was tough. It, honestly, that was, that period of time was dark. Like there's a few, everyone has their dark periods. Mm -hmm. That was, that was maybe rock bottom for me. And just briefly, if you can share with the listeners, because I know the story well, I've heard it a number of times and I still get a <laughs> kick out of it because you've you've risen from the ashes, yeah. my brother. But explain to the listeners what it was like when you were moving, or I should say when Lauren was moving <laughs> the family to Ohio. What were, what were those days like for you? And I'm, I'm joking around, no, but it was obviously sure. a dark time. And so just kind of- I've, in, I've in, had a few. So I, when I look back, honestly, I've had a few really dark things in my life. Like I'm pretty low key, easygoing, laugh, dick around a lot, right? Fact. So I think people think that everything's always great, which is a problem that people have in general. 
No one knows the per right the person you're talking great. Yeah, to. How you doing? Everything's everybody great. Like, no, has it's, it's not, brother. I know it's not. Yeah. Every everyone has shit going on, right? So I've gone through. I had a best friend commit suicide and got divorced within three months' time in my twenties. That so was you, he. Your friend committed suicide and you got a divorce. Yes. Was yeah. It, I just want to make sure. Yes. That, right in the same time period. That was like for you know that was crazy. And then the moving piece was like almost on par with that for me. It was like a huge death in my life. Like I went to Chicago. I mentioned I didn't know anybody when I got to Chicago. I knew nothing. I knew who Will was. I interviewed with him. I didn't know anyone. I landed in this giant place from a town of 5,000 people in New Hampshire to Chicago and made my own way. I met my wife. I had my kids, all of you guys. I mean, we came through the fire together when the stress of trading like you we lived and died together and when i say that like people don't understand like together meaning i stood with my chest to your back every day like touching in the pit yeah. right and so those moments like i went to did thanksgiving at the will's house my boss's house with everyone the wives were best friends like they were in the room, like your wife caught my son when he was born. Like yeah, I was Peyton, on- Peyton was a, is, well, I guess she still is a birth doula. That's where she is today. But my <laughs> wife, Peyton was was there exactly yeah, for and the, the birth. Just so everyone, I was just on the wrong side of the table at the time being supportive. I it wasn't, I didn't want to catch yeah, my son. That's right. Full disclosure, <laughs> cover my tracks. Um, but yeah, like when you come up with, with people like that, like that's all I, I tell, people still like I grew up in Ohio but I really grew up as a person in Chicago so we weren't colleagues it was family no it was a leaving big tribe that yes. will was you know he doesn't like to take on the mantle <laughs> of chief but he he was he was our chief and For sure. to your point I spent well I should say Peyton and I spent um 18 Thanksgivings there in a row like it, it, it's that's family and yeah. There was, you know, 20 to 50 people there every year. It was amazing. So, yeah. So that those, point. yeah, those bonds, when we made them, like I took the, the decision to go and leave, like you had left. That was really it. Yeah, no left. one. How, how much? A little before you? Year? Mm, yeah. Within, but like no year. one had left that, that tribe of guys no. or the company really. So we went out on our own and for me to leave the relationships that I had, that's what like, I went into like from the people at Windy City to people at WH, my kids were like four, three and one at the time, just starting to make friends and get comfortable. Like to for me to leave that, I went into, a, I don't, looking back, I didn't realize it at the time, dark, terrible, low place. Like the actual time, it's, it, it ends up being funny looking back. Yeah, your nickname was Puddles, right? Yeah, I, I was like reduced to tears for weeks. Like I in public, like I would see someone thinking that I'm going to see them for the last time, like a friend, mm. the gym. I would just start crying at the gym. Yeah. Like it's not funny, but it is funny because of course I see everyone again, right? It's not the last time I'm going to see somebody, but... The problem, uh, the real problem for Lauren is that I was completely useless during the moving period. And our, something got screwed up in the move. We ended up staying with friends, with our family. So we had two families of five in a, in some, in a house for like five days. Everything we did was with Greg and Shannon, two of our other best friends and their kids. And stuff still needed 
to be done and packed for the move. Lauren would send me out. Hey, can you go grab something from the house? The movers are almost done. I would walk out the door and come back two hours later and forget what she told me. I just like went to like the old place where I got coffee and talked to somebody and sat and like commiserated <laughs> with my people. And I would come home and she like, she didn't get a chance to actually like mourn the move. It was just me. Right. Right. It was totally unfair. And then we got home to Ohio unpacked. And then I literally, we didn't have a business. Like everything was in flux. The place that we were going to open fell through. We didn't know where to go. We had nothing. I didn't have a job for the first time mm. ever. I just walked around in a bathrobe for two, two or three weeks. I didn't get, I don't think I got dressed. I lost 25 pounds probably. I didn't eat. I was ill. Which for, for people who aren't watching on, on the stream here and are just listening in, like 25 pounds was like going from what, 215 to 190 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's, exa- it's 25 exactly. pounds of muscle. It was a it was a bad, it was a bad time. I couldn't, I remember not being it's a good thing. Yeah, thanks for bringing this up. Uh, it was terrible. It was terrible. But again, like it's it's part of like what I find interesting, right? And and I knew this was going on as it was going on. We were already down in, in I think we were, we had to have been, yeah, we were in Austin at the time. And uh, I'm like, I don't understand why Dave's having such a hard time. Like for me, right. Cause we were both going into the fitness business and, and, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I didn't realize it until this summer when I sat down with Carrie, um, Carrie Dahl and did her podcast and, you know, she's an amazing interviewer and she asked a few questions and it was like, oh, I realized that I, I just bypassed mourning that, like what I was leaving. And I really struggled over the next number of years trying to, trying to duplicate that, trying to find it again. And I couldn't, and I didn't know that's what I was looking for, Right. but I never resolved that. And I think because of that, I really struggled in ways that might not have been obvious to people that knew me. It was obvious inside the house. Like I wasn't who I wanted to be. Our relationship was struggling. And it yeah. was like, all like, you know, not being one thing I never resolved was I, I gained a lot of um, self worth, right, from earning a paycheck. And when you start making money off investments, that really you're not doing dick about, you're sure you're making decisions about where to put it. Like it doesn't, it's not the same. And so that was eating at me, like subconsciously, I didn't know it, but like I no longer felt like a man in that sense because I wasn't earning a paycheck. And it sounds a little bit silly, maybe, or maybe it doesn't, maybe that resonates with people. But for me, I didn't realize that until this summer, this is six years after I left trading. And um, because of that, because now I know, like, I'm able to understand that I can let go of that. I don't have to do that to be a man, to be a man to my wife or my kids or myself. Like, that's something I did. I fulfill a new role today in multiple different roles, right? But I was really tied to that. You know, again, my self-worth, which it's a lesson. Like, be careful where you find your power and your self-worth, like those things will eat you up. You know, those yeah. are your religions. I think that's that story though. That's like the, the, the breadwinner story, right? Everyone knows from growing up. Every guy knows that's what you're told, right? Yes. Gr- 
growing up in Ohio, that's all I, that's all I knew. Like I bought into that a thousand percent. And so that's one of the things when, when you marry somebody like Lauren, who's, I was always the best athlete. And then I'm suddenly the worst athlete in the family. Right. <laughs> like, Just so everyone knows Lauren is a uh, soon to be three-time Olympic softball pitcher for, uh, for Team Canada. Yeah, so that's, that's, a, a, that's a tough one to, no, that to, flips to overstep. Yeah, for flips sure. It. But then you, not just that, but you step into like the fitness business, right? In the coaching business. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like the behind the scenes guy uh, for the most part at the, at the beginning, for sure. It's like, it, I played with the same thing. Like, where, where's my place? Because that's not what I was used to. I didn't, it was so foreign. Um, it was a good lesson for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's that ego, right? Which yeah. I think um, what what I think what you and I have really come together on um, more recently too, in the last couple of years on our personal journeys is is just how big a part that ego played in our life. In in the ego, it can be great. It gets you off your ass. It gets you to work really hard and make as yeah. much money as you can as a trader and to show up at the gym and really go hard. But like when there's there's not the balance with it and the understanding of keeping the ego in its place. It can run your programming. It can, it can run you into the ground and it can have you go off on these different paths that, that aren't aligned with what your true self is, right? Like your deep soul, whatever you want to yeah. call it, however you identify it, right? Like that intuitive knowing of who you are, the ego kind of fucks with that. Right. And Big I think time. that's a good example of sure. how that can I happen. think that's, for me personally, that's one of the biggest, that's that puzzle on how to use. It's one, so I feel like I went through the same journey, right? And especially sports and then into trading, like it's there, your ego is your survival mechanism, right? It's your success. But once you realize, or I realized that that's not who I was, it's not who I wanted to be. I wasn't on a daily basis. It was blocking me from connecting on a level with myself and with my family, with Lauren that, and you guys. Mm -hmm. Like it, it ended up impeding my growth. So then I suppressed it, and then it becomes. We've talked about this before. It's almost. It's like the uh, uh, the the conundrum of consciousness. Like once you realize where the ego is, then you have to use it as a tool and learn how to balance it. Like I'm working on now, being okay with it especially in, in business, it can be useful at times. Mm -hmm. You can't live on it, but you can use it for sure. Which I think it's, it's fascinating to dig into that. But that's, I think the first step is realizing what it is and where it comes out and that you don't, you don't need it all the time. It's, it's kind of no. useless, to be honest. No, yeah, you just got to keep it. In, yeah, it's like keep it in balance. It, again, I think it can be a thing that gets you moving you know, I mean, I've been on both sides that I've been where I felt like I've had very little ego, but then sometimes I don't get, I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing anything fulfilling. I feel like I'm, um, you know, there's a difference between, um, you know, doing and being right. But then if you unpack the being like, just because you're not doing anything, doesn't mean that you're being that you're, that you're, that you're in the present moment. You could be just being a lazy ass and like <laughs> completely checked so, out. No, right. Totally. And so, yeah. And again, all this stuff, it's been my experience. I'm like, you just gotta give yourself a break on all of it, no matter where you're at, because that's just where you're at. And as kind of simple as that sounds, I think a lot of times we wanna hold ourselves 
to a higher standard. When we start to understand, at least when I started to learn about presence, like I wanted to be in the present moment at all times. And it's like, when you're not, oh, well, you know, I'm fucking this up. It's like, no, it's, this has nothing to do with it. Like, totally. just chill, bro, you know? But anyway, what I, what I found interesting, again, um, we both, had this idea that we were getting in the fitness business. That's what, that's what made, for me, that's what made the, the transition super easy for me. I had my chapter two written, yep. right? I was the exact same. That's what everyone says even when I go back, the guys, because the, there are a lot of guys that want to, like, trading's wonderful. It, it's changed. If you were there 20 years ago, you got in, it's different now. And I'll, I talk to so many people. Ah, I just don't, I want to leave. I just don't know what I want to do. Yep. And for us, like, that's the one thing. They're always, man, you knew what you wanted to do. Like we're lucky and, it makes, and makes it easy. made it simple, right? And I, and I equate this to, you know, the career of a trader is not unlike that of a professional athlete in the lifespan. Sometimes it lasts five years, sometimes it lasts 10, 15, 20, but at a certain point, it's gone. And what do you do? A lot of times we don't feel like we have marketable skills, right? Because we just look through that trading lens. What yeah. did I learn, pick up as a trader? It's much bigger than that, right? You got into fitness. I've gotten into fitness and we've we've grown from there to get into other things. Um, same things with professional athletes. A lot of these guys, they've made a bunch of money. They don't know what to do. They don't think they have to do anything, but they soon realize that there needs to be fulfillment in their yeah. life, right? And that's a whole nother podcast. But anyway, um, I just love that we, we, we had our ideas about how we wanted to get into fitness, right? Um, and for me, like I was coaching clients remotely and I was doing the writing, the programming and, and stuff like that. And then eventually I got into the fitness league. From there, it's, it's been like this, these are all these stepping stones to get me to where I am today, where I feel like I'm wanting to share this message of people that I'm meeting, right? People that I've known for, you know, 20 some odd years to people that I'm just meeting that I think are super interesting that have something to offer, right? It's where it's taken me. Your journey is not dissimilar to mine. Yours started out, you know, purely as brick and mortar, sets and reps and and, and some life coaching, right? And, and where I've seen you come, right, from where I sit is you've taken that, like, that, it's almost like this tranche of, of total well-being. And it's like, you know, arguably it's 10 to 20%. And you filled, filled in the balance of personal development, how to truly reach people to create change in their entire life that has the trickle-down effect on their fitness, on their nutrition, on their lifestyle, on their kids, on their coworkers, whoever they come into contact with, right? And so it's been awesome to, to just, the conversations that we have, I mean, we were knuckleheads six years ago, drinking the Kool-Aid, fitness this, fitness that. And we, listen, we, I'm, I'm, I'm downplaying a little. We, we had an idea about how to, how it all played out, but it's just one little part of what you're doing now. It's a big part. People still need it, but like you have so much more that you and Lauren are offering people. And I just love that, that that's where you're at. And I just, I think it's important for you to kind of to share like what that journey's been like for you. How did you go from six years ago where you were, right? Opening the gym and it falling through and, and all this to today, like 
what podcast you're listening to, what gets you excited, what do you want to learn more about? Like, how does that progression work for you? Uh, for sure, I think uh, just like you, the bit like the fitness piece in the beginning is huge. Um, and Lauren, I still obviously, and I know you do too, believe that it's important. I think we saw um, it, where we are. I, health is a massive, a massive issue. Like we see so many people that their health prevents them from like the first domino needs to fall. If you're, we talked about this earlier, if you're concerned about how you feel when you wake up, if you feel poorly, you have no energy, you have terrible habits, you're not eating, like that can prevent a lot of personal growth in that that's always on your mind. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it takes up too much brain space. So if we can hammer that out and get some momentum, some routines around your health, that opens up a lot of other doors down the road, right? And so I think when we first got uh, track going, we met a ton of amazing people. Um, and we got that fitness piece solved for people. We started to see like, okay, that's easy. Like with the right plan, the right coaching, the right support, like you can get healthy, you can do it fairly quickly if you want. Um, but making it stick is, is huge, right? That's, that's where everyone struggles. The numbers are like astounding. The people that lose weight, every year and then put it back on mm. it's like you know five percent of people stick to their plan which is horrible like it's got it's great the information right there's more information out there now than ever there's more shirtless uh instagram fitness models selling programs it's everywhere like it makes me want to throw my phone away because i get inundated with all of it and i continually see real grown-up people parents professionals struggling mm -hmm. it's terrible we need to we need to fix that the lifestyle mindset life coaching piece right so that's we yeah. grew we basically grew into seeing okay we fixed we fixed the health for people but they're still having trouble it's not sticking um maybe they're not g getting out into life enough like for us one of the big things at track was having these uh the we call them epic life experiences taking people and we need to get you on the boat. Yep. We need to solve for you the swimming piece first. <laughs> and then, but getting people out of the gym and owning life experience, that's the goal. Um, and now that's where Lauren and I are pushing huge into with her and the strong mom thing. Mm. But getting people invigorated in life, living life, and then passing that down to their kids, right? It's not passing down burpees and back squatting. It's living a life that you're proud of. Yeah. To us, um, and fitness is the first domino. Fitness, nutrition, get your habits, and then expand from there. What so. I like about that, or love about that, is is uh, it's like a friend of mine, Ryan Frisinger, talks about. Um, that's the scaffolding you need to really build the 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 healthy, well balanced, uh, you know, person. You need to have the 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 nutrition, the sleep. I mean, again, these things are all intertwined. And so it's not like you can really separate them out, but the fitness, um, you know, all these things contribute to you being able to focus more on what the next level is. But it's like, it's a little bit of a Maslow's hierarchy piece where it's like, you know, you need to take care of these things at the very foundational level. Yeah. And then you can start worrying about, these exotic supplements you want to take because your body right now is not 
going to be, there's not going to be bioavailable for your body because it's a train wreck. You're drinking, you know, eight sodas a day, you're smoking cigarettes, you're doing all these things, but you want to take the newest, latest and greatest supplement. I was like, come on, it's brother. A, it's a magic pill. Everybody, yeah. everybody still, still wants it. I think honestly, a big, a big piece of the problem is that the support um, isn't there for people, right? I think we find a lot of people, everyone on their own, a lot of people know that they aren't living a life that they're proud of. Mm -hmm. um, and some more than others, right? You can, like we talked about this, nothing's binary, right? You're not proud or not proud of your life, but there are areas in your life that you know can get better. It was me in Chicago. I was proud of my, my life on some level. Professionally, my kids were happy. I got along with Lauren well, but there was something missing. I wasn't growing. There was no personal development. I wasn't, as a person, getting better exploring new things, that kind of thing. I think there's a lot of people like that. We talked about people before you have kids or right around that time. It's like people hit the 15 year snooze button and go into the story of, I'm just gonna survive my kids. I'm gonna give up my own identity and everything that goes with it. And I'm gonna be super dad or super mom. And I'm yeah, gonna the put the martyr, I'm gonna put the cape on. Mm -hmm. And everything gets sacrificed. It's like they give up growth for 15 years um, with the excuse of the kids. And don't get me wrong, like you need to pour things into your kids for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's, if you cut that period of time out, you're going to wake up disconnected from your wife, disconnected from your own health. And, and we see it all the time unhappy, um, which is, it's crazy. So it's, I mean, you need to, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there, but um, shaking the cobwebs off, if you're two years into the snooze or 10 years, it's not too late. You need no. to find the right people to support you, right? You need to have the awareness to say it's not as good as it could be and then surround yourself with the right people. And that's what we try and create at Track. If you can get a group of the right people, life becomes easy. It was our tribe in Chicago, yeah. right? We survived because we had each other. Yeah. Um, and I think it's no different now. It's just stepping away from the bad environment and getting around the right people sometimes. And that's it right there. It's in, and, and we, we were talking about this a little bit before we came on today. Um, and we were talking with your wife, Lauren, about this as well, but like so much of this, right, is around the language we use or that is used to, uh, that gives us the excuse to give up all this stuff because we're supposed to do this and we should do that. And it's, you know, it's, it's really becomes a factor of who, who is your tribe? Are those really the people that you want to surround yourself with who are giving you more and more excuses to go down this hole where you're giving up all your kind of autonomy and who you are and, and, and what Lauren was bringing up, she's like, your kids see that, like, what's the example right? That you want to set for your kids. You know, she said it, it was beautifully. She's like, if you're a, a, a woman, right? 45 years old, and you're, this is where you're at in your life. Look at your 15-year-old daughter. Is this the life that you want for her when she's 45? And if you can say yes, then fuck, then you're doing awesome. But if you can, if you look in the mirror and you say, hell no, I, I don't want her to be in this position, I'm doing it because this is what I like. No, those things have to be aligned. And so you, I, I'd never thought about it that way. And I, I mean, I thought about it for me and, and my kids and my boys and specifically, it's like, am I living up to the example I want to be for them? 
you know, rather than, you know, putting a sugar coating on it, like what are the things that I'm doing that they see? Cause they see it all. We know that it's not, they read your energy, all that stuff. Like how, how am I showing up for them? Right. And so I feel a lot better about that today than I did two, three years ago. But I think it's a great reminder. I think it's a great lesson for all of us, right? Like look in the mirror. What kind of, if you have children, right? Is this the life I want for my kid when they're fill in the blank of your age? And if it's yes, then fucking my, my, I tip my cat to you because it's, <laughs> I think it's rare. I think it's yeah. totally doable, but yeah. I think it's a great way to shift that kind of perspective. Yeah, I think in summary, like for me, it's 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 a daily. Excuse me. Yeah. It's almost, <laughs> we'll edit that one out. A little Howard Stern there. <laughs> it's uh, it's like a it's a daily check in, right? Like, where am I at today? Because it's back to the binary thing. Like, you're not necessarily not living the life that you want your kids to live, but maybe not to the extent, right? You might make a choice here and there that when you think about, because honestly, you need to get out of your own way. Yes. Right? Like, yeah, don't overthink it. Feel it. Like how, yeah. Totally. So when you ask that question, that's a great, that's a great way to reframe it. And honestly, when Lauren thought of it like that, it was, it was perfect. <laughs> it was such an eye opening, like, oh, wow. Yeah. You like feel it, right? You're like, oh, wow. That had an impact. Yeah. And then part of me was bummed. I didn't come up with it. So that was <laughs> yeah. like a whole nother thing. I know. Well, maybe we can edit it out and I'll just make it like you came up with <laughs> it was, that. Yeah, like, it was both our lines. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> uh, so let's actually, let's, let's stay on that topic. Yeah. Um, on Lauren, because as I mentioned earlier, she's about to go to her third Olympics. She's 38 years old right now, but she'll be 39 when the Olympics roll around. Mother of three. You know, I could go on and on, right? Um, but knowing you how I know you and how close we are, I know that the third time around is a different decision than the first time and the second time. And, and no, and it's fair, right? Like For sure. Our lives uh, yeah. are different at each stage. And so maybe briefly talk about, I mean, maybe it wasn't even a decision the first two times. It wasn't like a, it was like, I'm playing Olympics. Yeah, fuck yeah. What was it like? Kind of walk us through, because because I know the arc of the experience yeah. as uh, best as I can. So but. The, fir the first time, when I met Lauren, she was playing professionally um, for the Chicago Bandits um, back in the day. So that's how we met in Chicago. Mm -hmm. That was her life. That was her career. Um, that was in 05, 06, right around that time. And so 08, the, she was on the national team. She'd already played in an Olympics. 08 was a foregone conclusion. She's going to play in Beijing. Um, I get to go to Beijing. That yeah. was part of super the whole fan. thing. Yeah, super fan. Um, we didn't meet at a game, by the way. Like I wasn't asking for her autograph after the game. We met socially in quotes. Um, and so that was, then it was easy. But as soon as 08 was over, glove went in the closet. We started having kids 11 months later or something, something like that. So then it became family. Then the focus was totally on my career and the family. Um, she got, we moved home. She got a chance to play again, randomly got the call in 2016 um, to go play in Worlds. This all sounds fake, right? The mom, she's just minding her own and business. And there was no, correct me if I'm wrong, there was no um, Olympics for softball that no year? No Olympics for softball that year. So that was a Worlds uh, that year. And they were looking to add a pitcher to the roster. So we're minding our own business. Lauren gets a call. Oh, sure, I'll play. It's in 10 weeks. All right. <laughs> um, so, and this is what, it's weird that uh, she's talented enough that she can pick up the glove. She stays in shape. That's the other thing when you, 
maintain your health, you're open to an incredible amount of experience. Mm. You don't have to go get in shape for six months. She couldn't have done it if she wasn't on top of her game. Um, and so she went and played then. That was like, okay, this is a 10-week thing. This is this will be easy. We can sort this out. You're gone all the time. I'll hold down the fort. We have a great team at track. We'll do it. You also have some family in town. Yeah, so we have family got, in town. And you've got some great help. Great so that's support awesome. system. Savannah's amazing, our, our help at home. And so um, that was easy. I, I didn't have trouble with that decision. They won bronze. Lauren got to pitch. Great story. Everyone cried. High five. Come home. That's it for softball until they add it back in the Olympics for 2020. And then the seeds planted, right? And business is starting to get a little- Has she been playing at all since 16? No. Okay. Just, the glove just goes, the, that's just more for the listener. I knew that. I was a little the, question, but I just wanted to make when sure. When the glove goes away, the glove goes away. Like, uh-huh. we, I mean, might play catch with the kids or, or whatever. Um, and so I think- um, it was dead and buried. She recently got asked to do the commentating for the Olympic qualifier mm-hmm. uh, in Vancouver. So that was actually awesome. I'm like, this is cool. If you do really well, and hope, hopefully you do, maybe you can commentate at the Olympics and I can get to go again. Like that's kind of where, <laughs> kind of where I was at. So she commentates, does really well. Everyone's very complimentary. Mm. Um, but the coach meets with her, tells her at after they qualify for the Olympics, I, I think you have a part to play. Okay. So I don't know this. I'm just happy to get her home. I had the kids by myself for a week. No big deal. Back to putting the cape on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, she comes home and then hits me with, I got asked back to the team. I'm going to consider the option, which I basically lost my mind. <laughs> like I, it was, um, it was super, super hard to hear, to be honest. We talked about this. Yes, yeah, so um, that's 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 why we're bringing it up. I want oh, people to God. understand what goes through your mind. Because I know we talked about this as well, but it's like, oh, uh, you know, I couldn't have done it without the help of my husband. And, while the, and, that, and that is important. And that, that when someone says that, they mean it. But like, unpack that a little bit because you're kind of an afterthought, much like, in pro sports, the wife's an afterthought. Totally. You know what? She gets the yeah. courtesy, whatever. But in a lot of ways, people are like, ah, oh, she gets whatever she get. you know. And, and so- Like it's a no-brainer decision. Yeah. So unpack that yeah. a little bit, what Dave was feeling like. I felt like shit. <laughs> to be honest, Lauren and I have talked about this, like in, I mean, looking back on it, I'm really proud of kind of the process we went through. Mm, me too. Um, to get there. But I was hurting because I, Lauren and I have spent um, so much time on our relationship in the last 12 months. Mm. Um, there's been a lot of factors, some health issues, Lauren. She'll talk about that at some point and just different things. It's been a really, really hard, some transitions in business, moving online space and just hard things. And we've put everything into our relationship and we have that bond. All I sensed was, all right, you're punting everything we've done. Like we're going to, fall off the trajectory as a couple that scared the shit out of me so fear that total fear big fear fear hurt i was hurt it was like you know you're choosing Mm -hmm. the way that decision comes down is i'm choosing to be away and just so people kind of get a feeling and people that have kids will understand um and dads because you're you're not used to kind of the situation but 
when she's gone, she's starting, you know, in January, two weeks on, two weeks off. So she's gone for two weeks a month for three or four months and then really kind of gone straight for two straight months, mm -hmm. maybe three months. So it's a time away. And then I'm left to kind of manage the business, do the family, make sure all the pieces fit. We have three kids on three, five different teams or something mm -hmm. stupid. And so I was scared to death of being able to manage it all. Um, and to be honest, the backdrop is that if I put up too big of a stink, like where's the balance of me being selfish to me being realistic mm -hmm. and her being selfish versus being realistic. And then of course, everyone considers the decision a no brainer. Like I'm a fucking asshole if she doesn't play, right? Like that's how I perceive yeah. it. That's not necessarily For sure. the reality, Yep. but who do I talk to about this? This isn't, I don't know any other husbands who are, are dealing with this decision. Yeah. Um, and so we had it out. Um, not in a bad way. We weren't angry at each other necessarily. Well, Lauren, Lauren. She thinks I was angry. <laughs> no, oh, no, shit. no. But, <laughs> but I, I love, I love um, her, her kind of angle on it and how to like uh, kind of dampen the whole situation by really downplaying it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it just happened to be the, the opposite of what you wanted to hear, right? Yeah. And you wanted her to say, I know it's going to be a shit show. It's going to be tough and da da da. But what was, what, yeah. what did she say? Yeah. Not, won't be that bad. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Won't be that bad. Yeah. Um, and so that didn't help, right? Then it's like, you don't even fucking understand didn't me. Didn't help? Yeah. No, that put me into like, are you nuts? Like, you don't understand. And then it just created this her trying to still go down that route of telling me it wasn't that easy. And I was overplaying how bad it was. Yep. Um, I mean, it got to the point where she made the case that this is a really special thing, right? Not many people play in yes. one Olympics. This is a chance to play in three Olympics. It's really special. To and which- again, she's going to be 39. Right. Like that's, and do you know what my I'm, response was? Are you sure? This is your third one. Like how special is it really? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. come on. Like, I tried to play that card. Yeah, Scared <laughs> like, Dave came out. That that yep. was, that's a little bit of the traitor in me, right? Like, pull out all the stops. Like, you can't talk me into this one. Yes. Um, Thank God we moved past that. Like, literally, she had the email queued up. I'm not doing this. And I, I just, in my gut, I knew. Like, literally... We went down the whole road. She decided she wasn't going to- Give me time frame on when like the, the heart really hard. Oh, that was the other thing. Uh, she came home and we talked about this starting on like a Wednesday or a Tuesday late at night. Oh, coach needs to know by Friday. I'm like, this is the next year of my life, my family, my relationship and my business. She plays a massive part in the business. So like, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> um, and this time constraint. And so we kind of worked- through, I mean, this is a massive up and down. I went into like a tailspin, like got the tingles, feel the vision closing in kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and, and, we, and I'll just say for, you know, uh, your boys, me, Turts, and Greg, like we're trying to figure out, because we're hearing, you know, Lauren's talking to Peyton, my wife, <laughs> right? No, and yeah, we're just no. like, we're, we're, we're everybody's, wants to do what they can but also it's like it's for you it's your your family decision yeah. i think the biggest part for me honestly and 
like we'll get back to the Lauren and I piece. But for me, it's one of the first times that I literally I came to you guys and was like, listen, here's the situation. I'm and I just remember saying I'm really fucked up about this. I don't know what to do. Um, I don't know where my emotions are at. I don't know if I'm being like crazy. Mm -hmm. Am I being selfish? And then I remember Turtz or one, I think it was Turtz asked like, okay, what do you need from us? I'm like, no one's, none of my friends have ever, like that was a huge thing. And I'm like, this is is classic. This is usually how Lauren and I would operate. But I was like, I, I think I just need you guys to listen. I need to just, yeah, you said that, and we were just like, "Holy shit, that that's I just need fucking to talk, powerful." Talk through it. Everyone listened, which is, if you know us, especially coming from the background, we come, like the banter that we usually have is off the charts. So yeah. to quiet everything, shut your yap, yep, shut everyone's mouth and just listen was like nuts. And that's where I got it out, and it, it basically I talked through it with you guys, and it was like I think I just need. And I had a couple other people I talked to, um, and it was like. I think I just need her to listen to me and just understand how fucked up this is for me. And then we can go through it. And so her and I went back to talking and like that eventually in in a short period of time came out. um, Like, I think I just need you to know that I'm, this is fucking hard for me. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, It's not as easy as you think. And then as soon as I said that, she was basically like, you know what? This isn't my life. I don't have to go do this. I just need you to know, or I just need to know that it's okay with you if I do really want to do it. And you're supportive. And then we were both, the light bulbs going like, we've just been totally missing each other. Mm. And from there, right? It was like, we've just wasted like four days deep in fear and deep in in tension. And as soon as that happened, we're like, well, let's flip this. Like, this could be an incredible experience on the good side. Totally. Like, I can grow when you're like, when you're gone, I can grow as a person and do things that I need to do for myself. I can try and run the business by myself, which is actually, it could be good for everyone. It could be good for the business. Mm-hmm. We can move faster because Lauren and I tend to talk over things a lot. But like it was in for you, like for her to be away. And the thing for me, we talked about this on the phone. I think the, the night that yeah. we talked about it, yep. um, I listened to, I forget what the podcast was. Might have been, um, might have been Michael Gervais, but talking about like it, the if if I truly love Lauren as a person, not as a, as a wife, but as a person, like how can I prevent her? Because I know her. Hopefully, <laughs> I think I know her as well as anybody. Yeah. But like her essence and like her soul, like as a like when we talk about someone truly glowing, mm-hmm. her in that role. Uh, as a, a softball player, as a leader and kind of an, as an example and not like a leader, like in your face, yeah, that person, but just living their true, like, and I don't love the term, like living your truth. Yeah. It can be a little corny and it's a little, but, yeah, but, it's but, in the clouds but that's a little what bit. it is. That's, that's literally like what it, like literally to see someone go, I'm like, how can, like, I, I can't get in the way of this. Like, it's just not right. Like if I do love her, like I can't it just, that was it. That was for me. That was like, when that realization hit, I'm like, all right, she has to go play. And not only go play, we have to support the shit out of her. Yeah, you did that. And she has to, like, I want her to love the experience mm-hmm. in her life doing it. And so for me, like, now I'm excited. When I say I was, like, bumming, 
I was like sitting on the curb outside the gym, like talking to you guys, like crying basically. Yeah. Like, because yeah. that's how, honestly, like that's how I feel about my relationship with her. Like I literally, it was something that's like the most important thing to me that I saw was like, oh shit, this is on the ropes. Like, and it was so like looking back, it's like, okay, I went to that dark place. I don't, I'm not sure why. It's just fear. I think no, fear drives us there, right? For sure. Yeah. And maybe it's like the more you have, the more you have to lose kind of thing. Sure. Um, but God, it, it was it was tough. But looking back, I'm like, we've talked about it since uh, Greg and Turtle and you and I. Like, that was like a big, that's a big thing as me as a as a a man, like an adult man, to have that, like to express myself like that. Have people let me do it, and basically just give me a hug about it, and then it solved. Like it got solved. Don't but. Don't forget, you talked about it earlier. I don't want you to forget the final piece of that is going to your wife and saying, I just need you to know that this is hard because that shit is what guys don't do. We don't do that. We don't admit when shit's hard. And it was fucking hard, dude. Like you were broken up. You know, like I'm getting emotional just remembering like that experience. Like it's it's hard for men to show that vulnerability. And you did that. Like when you're supposed to be the rock, right? You're not supposed to do that shit. And you did it. You went there. And that was like for us as your brothers to witness that. It was like, holy shit. Like it started off shitty like for you. We're just like, this, what's, what, how's this going to end? We're not end, but like, how is this going to resolve itself? Because it didn't feel good in the beginning and we didn't know what to do. We just sat, right? But what you did is you created space for that pain to come out, for you to acknowledge it, for you to put words to it, to share it, and then to just turn it and, and see the fear for what it was and to just go through it with love. I mean, I don't want to gloss over the fact that you admitted it was really fucking hard. And that is just, again, something that we've all grown up like, we're not supposed to do that shit. And you did it. And look at where you guys are today. Like if you hadn't done that, if you'd have bottled it up and said, yeah, honey, go ahead, do it. You'd be that energy. You feel it. And it's your relationship suffers dramatically because of that. But because you were honest, and like I said, vulnerable, fuck, dude, like it's so powerful. And it's like, I don't want that to be missed today. Like of all the shit we talk about, like as a man and this being pretty much a men's podcast, like. I want men out there to know that if you actually have some balls and you want to show some courage, do what you did in a situation where it would have been easy to just bite your tongue and try to be a quote unquote man about it. And so I fucking love you for that. You're a great example to all of us. So thank you. I'm glad. Anyway. Honestly, like I'm glad I like sharing it. Um, I guess it's one of those things it's evolved for me. I actually, and we, we've talked directly a lot, Lauren and I, with people that we work with about being vulnerable. And I, that definitely helps like digging in there. Hmm. Um, but it's become a place that I'm comfortable in. It, it helps, it helps me, right? Like I would, if I wasn't, you said it perfectly, I wouldn't have had the support like, how do you find out where your support is? Where do you find out who's going to help you that you are? Like, I felt love from that, right? Like, if I didn't open up about it, no one would have shown me the love back. So I wouldn't have got, like, 
in a selfish way, like it, it helps. Like I grew because of that. And I love, you know, what? I also just kind of put together like it's okay. So arguably it's hardest to go to your wife, your loved one with that like message, right? And you almost like threw it out to your trusted tribe. And not that you couldn't go to her and, and say it, right? But you came to us and said, I just need you to listen. This is going to be hard. Like I'm fucked up about this. And it's like feeling that love and understanding and, and, and having your brothers just hold that space for you and, and, and not say, dude, you're being a pussy. Like, come on, nut up. Like, you can do this. Like, come on. No, it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's, dude, that's fucking hard. Like, holy shit. Like, super, we don't have to deal with that. Super glossed over in this whole story is the, the role that you guys play, right? Like, it's all about me being vulnerable. No, well, but it, it's also like for the men out there, we're like, if, if you have something that is really hard and it's going to be vulnerable to express to your wife or your girlfriend or whoever, right? Like, try it out on that group, that person who has your, your fucking ride or die, who has you no matter what. And they'll tell you if you're fucking crazy, you know, but if, if they're with you, they'll feel what you're experiencing and they'll let you feel that. And then, and I think you did gain some strength from that. And so that's awesome. Like you just intuitively knew, like, I'm not ready to go to Lauren. I need to just know that I'm not crazy here. That was exactly it. I needed to know, am I, that was kind of the gist of it. Like, am I looking at this the right way? Um, I don't need you to tell me how to look at it, but just keep me, give me some, uh, be the guardrails. Yeah, feedback. Right? Um, God, that was it was crazy. Yeah. It was a crazy. It was a crazy, crazy week. But it's in. In she's, if you're watching on the stream, Lauren's just off camera here. That's why Dave keeps looking over there. But um, it's again. It, thank you for sharing that in 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 all of its depths and in in vulnerability. I think it's super important. You know, of all the things we're going to talk about today, like I want people to leave with with that one and what it, in my opinion, what it means to be a real man. So thank you for that. Now. One thing that we were, again, talking about before we got on that um, if you are watching the stream, um, I have a T-shirt on today. It's our friend Greg that we were talking about earlier. And um, his nickname when we were working out at Windy City CrossFit was Ocho, short for Ocho Cinco. He was the guy that would go 85% no matter what. Now, we were the guys who were drinking the Kool-Aid, all of it. And we would go 100% because that's what everybody else was doing. So that's what we were doing. Now, the reason I bring this up is because my life has shifted in a way that I'm really trying to live the kind of that Ocho life now where, you know, we talked about it before, like if you have 10 categories in your life, let's just say whatever they are, right? You have 10 if you're focused, if I'm, at least speak from experience, for me, if I was focused on one of them, let's say nutrition, how I was eating, and maybe fitness, two of these things, I'm really trying to go from 90 to 93% or whatever the percentage is, right? I'm really trying to push the needle to perfect it, to get as much of my potential as I can. What has happened for me in those other eight categories is I'm clocking in at 60, at 50, at 30, at 55. And all of a sudden, these two things are dominating and really kind of 
casting a cloud over the rest of, of who I am. And for me, what happened was I got so hyper-focused on that that I started to almost like pull away from the family, like unconsciously. I didn't know I was doing it, but I was so focused on me and those goals and trying to do something where no one else gave a shit about, right? And certainly my, my wife, Peyton, probably was growing very resentful. I know there were a lot of remarks that just went in one ear and out the other, but it was her way, passive aggressively, right? Good Southern girl <laughs> of telling me to fucking pump my brakes. Now, she doesn't do that anymore. She just tells me straight out like, dude, chill out. It's a cupcake. You're okay, right? Fortunately, I don't have a lot of those things anymore where I'm trying to push the needle again. And so, I'm curious what your experience has been like. Um, fitness for one, right? What does fitness look like for Dave um, from Windy City days, right? Where you were not just the best male there, but 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 by far and away the best. Like if you got beat in any work and it was maybe randomly once every couple of weeks, like it was... It was basically Dave, and it was like when Tiger was at the, you know, I'm going <laughs> to butter your nuts a little bit here, but it's when Tiger was at the top of his game, he was going to win everything, and everybody else was playing for second. This is kind of what we were doing. We were like the dipshits that were trying to, you know, get to the podium. So overarching here, I feel like Kenny Powers is going to walk in and give me the, <laughs> not trying to be the best at exercising. <laughs> like, it's so funny to look, to look back at it. So like yeah, that. so so okay, perfect, exactly. We were silly back then, but yeah. we our heart was in the right place, right? It 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 we didn't articulate it the best ways always, but but again, <laughs> I think we were trying, we were doing the best we could. We thought this was the best thing for us to do, yes. and we obviously tried to share that with as many people as we could, jamming that um, methodology down their throat. Now, <laughs> we were douches. We were douches. Um, how has that changed for you with fitness and with other things? Like where, where, where were you in, in like, how do you live your life today? I, I think to be fair, I think it's a, it's a progression, right? That's, it's just growth from where we came from. But I think the big thing for us in, in kids and family and just being, getting a little bit older changes the perspective here. I think so for Lauren and I, like we always talk about with our clients and people at the gym, like fitness it used, for me, it used to just be exercise, just physical fitness, right? Yeah. And then like, as we grew a little bit, we brought nutrition into it, maybe some lifestyle stuff. But as we get older, we see that to really break it down for us, fitness is physical, of course. It's mental fitness that we never, no one addresses these things, emotional fitness. So the way we look at it, like in the gym, it, it's it's a much broader piece. It goes back to those ten parts of your life, right? Like you're the, another another good way to look at it. We think of it. It's you have to visualize this a little bit. But if you have a triangle, mm -hmm. right, and inside the triangle is your total fitness, your total health, right? Each tip of the triangle, one of them's physical, one of them's mental, and one of them's emotional. Well, my triangle was really narrow on the mental and the emotional. I stretched mm -hmm. that physical piece really far. Uh -huh. It doesn't add that much volume or area to my overall health. You need to expand each piece of the triangle to grow the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. You're creating total health that way. Spiking, if you have 10 categories, spiking your physical fitness from 90 to 95, then I was proud because I was super fit. Yeah. 
well, now I realize well, my emotional fitness was lagging. Like mm. my relationship now with my wife and my friends like is in, it's 10X of what it was then, right? And I'm gonna pause there for a second because it may seem obvious like um, that we wanna improve and always continue to grow with our, our partner, right? Our wife. So you say my relationship with my wife and my friends, like that's the the part that I think is is also bypassed for a lot of, and I'll just speak for men in general. You we don't seek out a tribe, a group, and really try to take that experience and 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 take it to the next level. And I think that's what we've experienced and really it's been in the last year and a half or so we've been on a few guys trips right that have changed it's not beer drinking playing golf staying up late eating like shit and then getting on the plane and coming home now it's we're going to a place with nice weather we're getting sunshine we're hanging out we're connecting we're sharing stuff we're actually healing some things that needed to be healed from the past. You know, we're getting things out in the open so that we can grow as a group and we can show one another that we are there in a, in a profound way, right? And so, again, I got us a little off there, but I think it's important for people to know that it's not just improving a relationship with your partner or your kids. I mean, that's paramount. How about, how about this one? Improving your relationship with yourself. Yeah, it starts Like, there. that's the one... We talked a little bit again yesterday about, so the in the big picture, like that fog of, I think when guys especially have kids and move into that thing, right? It's the narrative. The wife is the ball and chain. The, mm -hmm. ki the kids, you know, you show up at the games, you complain about sports, which I yeah. have fallen into myself. Yeah, we all have for sure. Um, but like, it doesn't have to be like that, right? Like when you talk about us going on these trips and investing in the growth piece, like, I'm excited to go now because I'm going to learn something new. We're going to talk about a different angle of something. We're going to expose, like, emotions. People, it sounds crazy. Someone's probably going to get upset and cry about something. Um, people, it, don't get me wrong. We still dick around and make fun of each other. Oh, fart jokes, all that stuff, for sure. Yeah. Um, come on, people. Never, come on. Just don't, don't, get, don't get this twisted, okay? No, but, like, it's not the routine, it's not the routine of every time we're going to um, do the same thing, we're going to have the same drink, we're going to have the same conversation and never really dig in. Um, it became, for me, I look at it a little bit like, and someone said this perfectly, like, what do you, and I talked to Turtle about this, what do you want your life to be? The default answer is happy. What do you want to be? Happy. Do you? Like, is that all you want? Do you never want to feel the other stuff? Do you never want to be challenged? Do you never want to challenge anybody? Mm. Do you never want to go to a dark? Like, how do you know what things feel like? You know, my grandmother passed away. You don't want to be happy. You just won the game. You're not happy. You're you're joyful. Your your emotions are over the they're all over the place. You need the contrast, yeah. Yeah. So the thing I think people could benefit from, and me getting even more of it too. I'm I'm just like everyone else, right? I have a few extra tricks and tools and, and I've dived into some of these things more, but challenge the status quo, go to different places with your emotions and your friends. And like, they don't like, I'm a little bit off topic, but people don't, men don't have those groups. They have the golf course or this is the other one. Like the career becomes 
everything, the status of the career becomes everything. You can cover up with work a lot. Yep. And unfortunately, like you can you can cover up a lot with the car you drive or the time, the work trips, right? Um, And things get missed. And then all of a sudden it's 20 years later, snooze is still going off. Um, It doesn't mean that you can't have those things and still be incredibly fulfilled and on top of your game and have an an unbelievable marriage, right? Yeah. Um, But I think what you're talking about, it, it becomes, or again, for me, it became just a lot of unconscious behavior. The trips were just the trips without really any purpose you know okay yeah i was going to hang out with my buddies i mean and i don't want to downplay that but like when it's just about the golf and the booze and the eating whatever like it's just it just becomes you're a great example of this by the way because you had the most epic trips i had a great run yeah um i think if if, if anybody doesn't believe it go to your instagram from two years ago yeah. <laughs> right yeah and, and don't get me wrong i like Unbelievable! One time. of my best Thankful. friends, JJ, you know, made so much of that happen. I, he's a brother to me. I'm not saying that doing these trips in it they're not fun or whatever, but what is like my invitation, right, to those listening? Bring a little more intention to it. Challenge your buddies. See who's there for you. See if like when you break down and you share something, right, like something that you're struggling with. See who's there. See who can can handle it. You know, it's and if gonna, you step up, you're, you, I think you'll be. I think you'll be. People will be surprised at who has been dying to do that for them. Yes, yeah, so the, for anyone. The dam breaks right. One person lets it go, and then yeah. everyone. Oh man, I've been feeling like X, Y, and Z. I've had trouble with this, that kind of thing. Like it definitely. You need one That's to get it. to get it going. And once it's out there, like once it got out there for us. It's easy to keep it out there. You it's out need, there. You still yeah. need to work on it, but like the when you lift the veil and get to the real, it stays real. Like where we have this excitement about spending time together now because we know in some way we're all going to walk away impacted. And, and, and we know that the connections that we've had over the years are just continuing to go deeper and deeper. And so... It's not just a one-off trip here or there. It's these. It's 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 really something that we all make time for. We have to make it happen because we we all again we all grow from it, you know. And so, I'm I'm fucking stoked that our our group of brothers from Chicago, when we started in Chicago, ha- has developed into this. You know, it's been an incredible kind of transformation, really, and growth of this tribe of ours. And and you know this. Plenty of room for other people to come on board. You know, it's it's not one of those like there's no tribalism here. Like we're here, we're brothers, and you know we welcome all comers. You know, there's a short application process for anybody that's <laughs> no. an application fee. <laughs> for I that it is it's it's crazy to think. I mean, it's been years and years and years, but it's 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 wild to see the progress and the journey and. I mean, we thought, I think when we started all doing CrossFit together, like we all took our relationship to another level and that was amazing. We're like, oh, this is the best thing ever. And now we we're like notches above that, right? And it's like, what's around the corner for us? You know, I think as we go from some unconscious behavior to more conscious, you know, uh, living, then I think 
these things, we just, we'll just, we've just been seeking them out, right? You and Lauren coming down here for two nights, just like that, boom. It's like, I don't think we would have done this before. Like we wouldn't have thought to do it, but we know that if we can just steal away a couple of days together, it's awesome. And it's, we walk away enriched from it. And so I'm grateful that, that y'all made it happen. So thank you. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, buddy. Um, okay. I had a couple other things that I wanted to um, touch on before we wrap up. Um, one, so part of your morning routine is you walk every morning, whether it's outside or on the treadmill, you do your five-minute journal and you have coffee. Now, my question to you is I did the five-minute journal for actually on your recommendation for, for quite a while. And for me, I went from that, uh, from being present with the experience and, 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 and what was going on to it became part of my routine. And I kind of lost the for it, right? Yeah, it just and, becomes a box to check off. And that's what it was for me. Yeah, for And so sure. I haven't done it in probably a couple of years. Yeah. And so like, do you ever skip days? Like, how do you not, because you've been doing it and Lauren have been doing it for seeming like forever. And so how do you keep it engaged or do you not? Like what, how do, how would you assess where that sits for you? Um, I totally know the feeling there because I, for, I dug into it, liked it and then got away from it for a bit um, and then got back into it. And the thing that kept me like right now, it's like crucial to me. I, the days that I, for whatever reason, something goes haywire in the morning, the kids, you know, kids in the bed sick and I, all those parent things every once in a while I'll skip and I notice it. And it's because that I made a subtle kind of shift in the way I do it. And for those that don't know the five minute journal, there's a nighttime piece where you review your day, you write down three things, three amazing things that happen. And you can do this without the five minute journal, obviously, right? If you have a blank journal you want to use. Um, so I write down the thing that happened. And then in parentheses, I'll write down the emotion that I felt uh, mm. when that happens. So, uh, for example, I'll say tonight, I'll say, uh, things that were amazing. I'll say, I, I recorded an incredible podcast with Cal and then in parentheses, I would put connected. Uh, uh, and for me, connection is like, it's one of our core values at track. Like it's, that could be the most important thing in my estimation is connecting with other people uh, on a deep level, not, you know, the high five, but true connection. And so that's what I would write. And I would sit and I'll sit tonight for, you know, five, 10 seconds in reimagine or bring that emotion back to myself mm. and make it feel real. And there's starting to be science behind this. That's, Call such, it, um, that's so different. It's like, it's a layer deeper, but it's like a much deeper layer. Yeah. Emotion. I think they call it emotionalizing uh, mm -hmm. thing. So I'll do that for three different things. And for me, that makes the whole experience with the journal deeper and more real. It's not just scribbling things, you know, in the journal. And I, I journaled before the five minute journal. Um, and that's actually what got me out of the bathrobe phase when we moved. Mm -hmm. um, just getting my thoughts down on paper and talking about what was going on in my head um, obviously suggests that for everybody. Um, but the appreciation piece is huge. I, the five minute journal for me was like, goes, I did on the plane, I'll do it wherever. I don't miss really many days ever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's that I, I get it now. 
you know, and I'm glad I, I, I asked you about that because I've seen you do it. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I've been there. I didn't go as long as you, but it, it, it makes sense to me now that emotional, when you connect emotionally, that, that imprint. Yes. It, it, it is lasting. Yeah. It hardwires. You start to hardwire positive emotion in your brain. And when mm. you start to fee physically translates to feelings, how you feel physically better then you can't miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, one thing that, um, that you and Lauren did this summer, we had, um, our four couples got together, um, and you and Lauren came with a card for each of the six of us. So you wrote a card for six of our, the six of us and Lauren wrote a card. Um, there were a lot of tears from the, both the men and the women. And, um, it had a, it had a very big impact on all of us. I, I carry mine around in my fanny pack to this day, just as a reminder. Um, and so I, I'm interested cause I don't think we ever talked about it. Like what was the inspiration for that? Um, and what did it feel like? for you to share that, those thoughts? Um, I like those cards. That was, uh, so I don't know, you know, honestly, I think my personal journey, another kind of in the clouds term that I don't love, but as I've kind of <laughs> grown up with some of this stuff, um, I've been lucky to have different influences around. And for me, one of them is my brother, mm -hmm. uh, Mike, the most interesting man in the world, the most thoughtful person. He's the guy who would write cards for me. And I think that's something I picked up from him. And not just the how good it feels to get one. I obviously picture that for you. Like I wanna I wanna deeply convey how I feel yeah. about you guys, right? We were for that trip, we literally were just walking through the airport thinking about how much fun it was gonna be to see everyone. We're like, what can we do to start this trip off? Mm. And not because back to the original point, we don't want it to just be a vacation getting together. Like we can do that forever. We can just sit in a room and have cocktails and laugh, which is fantastic. But I, I would encourage anyone to do this. If you're going with friends or even with your wife, have it wasn't necessarily a ceremony, but we did it at the beginning when everyone was first together. We wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page, knowing that this was really a special time to be with each other. You don't get those moments very often. Um, and so we just wanted to make sure you guys knew how special it was for us. And mm -hmm. it felt like, I'm not going to lie, it felt amazing to write the cards. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I, Obviously, I'm really glad everyone, <laughs> everyone enjoyed them. And they're amazing. But, 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 and I think what you, what, what you both were able to do in that, right? It was to like stop time and say, hey, listen, this is special. Let's not take it for granted. Let's be present in what's unfolding here. Because at the end of the weekend, we're all going our separate ways. And so let's really cherish these moments together. And we did, and it was amazing. And so that was, yeah, amazing. So I just want to make sure I shared that as, you know, as a thank you, but also for people listening, like 
thing like gestures like that like it just raises the level of your relationships and the 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 deep love that we all have for one another it just again it was so it, many it was i think so many times uh the people closest to you get the shaft right yep like you forget like at the we'll write people cards that we love around the gym and people that aren't the very closest to me like lauren and i actually write a decent amount of cards back and forth um so letting the people that are your your boys like how yeah. often when's the last time i think it's 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 interesting to me that we tell each other that we love each other um it's awesome but no i don't it's when people find that out they're like what yeah how what do you like it doesn't compute <laughs> yeah. um and i would encourage anybody to like lay it out there be vulnerable it's only going to raise the level of fulfillment from any relationship, whether it's your best friends, your wife, whoever. It's, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And there's a difference, you know, between saying, I love you, man, to like looking your boy in the face, in the eyes and saying, I love you. Like there's a different cadence to that. There's a different energy. And in the beginning, folks, it's going to feel a little awkward, right? Because all that <laughs> shitty programming that we've had growing up. But like when you finally release yourself of that and you can look someone in the eye, a brother, another woman who, you know, is a friend and say, I love you. It's pretty amazing. It just creates a connection that is different than, oh, I love you guys. Like there's, there's, there's nuance there, but it's, it's significant. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. I can only think right now, people uh, listening, I know people will go cross-eyed hearing that. Like it just yeah. doesn't, it's so backwards as to how a lot of people are raised, guys specifically, right? Like totally. It's always just the man hug, half-ass, right? It's, in, in, in for me, like my, my greatest teacher in this has been Kyle Kingsbury. Kyle's the one who gives the best hugs. He holds in there. You feel his essence. He's a monster anyways. He swallows you up. It's like him his like high school girlfriend with his letter jacket on. But, <laughs> but he looks at me and he says, I love you. And he means it. And he kisses me on the cheek. And it's like, it's like none of, he doesn't care about any of that stuff. And it's like, it's been a great teacher for me to step outside of those societal constraints around that bullshit. And so I thank a big thanks to Kyle for, for leading the way in that and, and uh, letting me let go of it. So. Yeah. It's contagious. I mean, I think that got yeah. passed from him to you, to us around. Yeah. It's like, again, it's to the point earlier, like if you step into that space, a, like that's true love. And a lot of men don't feel the true love with their brothers. And so like that helps you know, raise the consciousness of that group and that love. And, and so I would challenge, challenge all the men out there to give that a shot. So anyway, in wrapping up, oh, the big final question, uh, I always like to ask my guests, um, because the name of the podcast, tentatively, I believe it's going to be working in with Cal. So I like to ask my guests, what is it you're doing today? Uh, in the um with the intention of working and how are you creating balance in your life what are the things that you're doing to create more presence in your life because i think a lot of us 
can tend to focus on the output of energy, whether it's work, fitness, whatever. Um, we don't take a lot of time, unfortunately, especially with this hectic world of recovering and restoring and bringing the energy back in and filling up that battery. Um, and so what, what is something or some things that you're doing right now that's really creating that recovery, rejuvenation, and that space for you? For me, we talked about this a little bit. Meditation has been, has been huge. The thing that I thought was like the corniest, I'm never going to do that. Uh, I really dug into it in the last year and enjoyed it. It's totally changed um, the way I operate. Um, what does that look like for you? Meditation so it for means me, different things to everybody. For sure. And I, my, Michael Gervais said this because he worked when he worked with the Seahawks. If you're worried about how that term comes across, use mindfulness. <laughs> it's the same, right? Just couch yeah. it a little bit differently, especially guys like, oh, that sounds better. I'll try that. Yeah. Um, but I'll go with meditation because that's how I roll. Yeah. I, I go guided. I use one of the apps, Headspace or Waking Up, some of these. Um, it's kind of translated into not having to use the guided. I'll, I'll just sit in quiet um, and try and clear my head in terms of focus on my breathing, um, focus on some visual things maybe, and pass. A thought comes into my head, I try and pass it out. And it's literally, the, for me personally, it's the perfect reset, whether it's first thing in the morning to clear my head and go into the day or from transitioning from work to family, mm -hmm. like to shut it down. It shuts the door on the work and opens it up to the family mm -hmm. or shuts down my workout and opens me up to work, whatever it may be. Um, that's huge. Um, and another thing I'm, I'm really working on, uh, I'm trying to be a better listener. I think a lot of people are probably trying to do the same thing, but it's funny, Lauren and I went through last night, just for example, we talked about um, the whole when she, getting back to when she decided to play. Um, she, we just were missing each other, right? I wasn't listening. I was need, I needed to express myself. I wasn't listening. Oh, she sure. needed to express herself, but she wasn't really listening. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny, last night we got... Um, our wires crossed a little bit on just some fears around um, the new kind of transition business-wise and coaching and some of these things. And I was so happy. It didn't, I actually listened a little bit. I didn't get scared. I didn't get too tense. And then we just made the connection. We're like, it's just like the Olympic thing. She's like, I just need you to hear me. Mm. And I'm like, oh, and then I listened. I'm like, well, I just need you to hear me. And then she listened to me and we're like, oh, it's not as extreme as we think it is. We're not really missing each other by that much. It's okay. Like that piece yeah. for me, huge. That's huge. And that's that's interesting because that's not something uh, I would uh, list initially under like a working in but like that's as important as anything that like especially for the the health of your relationship oh. and i know that when peyton and i um we've we've had you know recently had a few moments that really healed some past stuff for us it 100 was because the other party was willing to receive it with an open heart and just listen. And it was, there was no ego involved. It wasn't like trying to be defensive. 
And so I think that's a great thing for people to take away from here, right? Like the meditation, but also like, listen, you know, and Kyle, Kyle likes to, to say famously that Paul Check says we have one mouth and two ears for a reason. And we need to listen twice as much as we speak. It's true. And yeah. really it, it's, it's, um, yeah, if you don't prep your response, you're not concerned about the response. You're literally just catch what's coming at you. Yeah. And don't worry about how you're going to throw it back. Yeah. That person feels like supported just by the act of catching it. You don't need, and that's how it is with Lauren and I all the time. Um, it's just, just listen. Yeah. Right. Easier yeah. said than done. It is for sure. So thanks, brother. Yes. I love man. you. Thanks love you for too. coming. And um, I'm excited to send this out. Yes. I'm excited. Thank you. All right, brother. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, please check out the show notes or head on over to thegreatunlearned.com for additional episodes and information regarding events and retreats. If you liked what you heard today, click subscribe and share this with friends that might enjoy our platform. Please leave a five-star rating in iTunes as this really helps us spread our message. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BunkerCal and on Facebook as John Callahan. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn, and we'll talk soon.